So I've had this wonderful privilege of having a couple of months off and resting and starting off uh, the first the first day, kind of the first week, I had to do a funeral. So I started off my sabbatical doing a funeral, and the last thing I did before I came back was uh, it was another funeral. So I don't know what the Lord is saying in, in, in that, but uh, most of all, I was really grateful that the, we started, I started off and went away to the mountains. I went to uh, a, a farm, in, a Lifton farm, where as a, as a young uh, teenager, I... Uh, did a lot of trout fishing with my dad, a lot of people from the church. We had church camps. It was, it was a great privilege to go back to uh, some of my roots. And then at the end, uh, uh, a, f- a family took us to Cathedral Peak Hotel for a few nights. And that again was family roots. As a family, we often went there and we, we contemplated climbing Cathedral Peak on the day. Eventually we decided we wouldn't and we were really pleased because... At about 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock when you get to the top, it would have been cloudy. So we were pleased that we didn't. But it's the, from these mountaintop experiences and then the rest in between and being able to, to go to different churches. I went to uh, Hillside, to uh, Vision Church, to uh, Harvest, to Olive Tree, uh, uh, West Point. It's just wonderful to go and just be with the, the body of Christ in Kloof. Ended up in Salt Rock at uh, uh, Ryan Matthews' church. And, and, and it was just the privilege of, of being part of the body of Christ. Whichever town you go to, it doesn't matter whether you're in, it's in Australia or England, there is the body of Christ. And the body of Christ serving and loving Jesus. And everybody does has a slightly different ethos and a slightly different way of doing church. But it was just great to see God being glorified and honored and the word being preached. And so, what has the Lord been saying to me in this time? And, and how does that impact my life and impact who you are and who uh, the church and and as part of my journey was saying, well, I've just turned 60. So what, what's the next years ahead bringing? What does the Lord have for me? What does the Lord have for, for you? And uh, the Elcox, uh, John and, and Heather, gave me a couple of books uh, by a guy by the name of Samuel Whitfield called One King. And it was uh, the story of Israel and Israel's future in the end times as, as, the, as the, the, the world kind of winds down. And that was really encouraging because it's always quite difficult to get to grips with this thing called Israel. And how it fits in. But it's, full in the, full of, it's all over the scriptures. And then there's a, a podcast which I kind of had a look at, and it's called Behold Israel. And this is started by an Israeli, Amir Tisfati, I don't know how to pronounce that word. Uh, and his mission is to provide a reliable and accurate reporting on the developments in Israel on a weekly basis. 
And he puts out these podcasts about what's happening in Iran and what's happening uh, in Israel and the, the, the PLO and all those kind of things. And, he, and he's just, it's just been wonderful because what it has done for me. Sometimes we get so bogged down, I get so caught up, and you and I, I think, probably get so caught up in our own little lives and what's happening in, in, in Winston Park and Hillcrest. And, uh, and so it just has given me a different perspective on the world in which we live in and that Jesus is coming. And so one of the things I want to just have a look at and read, I'm going to read a bit of scripture for you. And if we look at Matthew chapter 24, we look at Matthew chapter 24, and there's some headings there. If you read the headings, Jesus foretelling the destruction of the temple, the signs of the end of the age, the abomination of desolation, the coming of the man, the coming of the son of man. These are some of the headings, and you read chapter 24 and 25, and you see uh, the world is, is moving and heading in, 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 in a direction which is God's plans and purposes for you and I. And so the question we have to ask, am I ready for all this stuff? We had, uh, I, I did some stuff with Jockey in the, in the week and Jockey's a coach and he does stuff with business. And uh, one of the things that they've looked at when they're doing some training is that this, we live in a VUCA world. What is a VUCA world? The V stands for it's volatile. U stands for it's unpredictable. C stands for it's complex. And A stands for ambiguous. That's the world in which business are looking at trying to work out what is right and how to uh, go forward in this world. And this world we live in and we read chapter 24, we can get a, just an inkling that that's the world you and I live in. There's no certainty. We live in a world which has been shaken. We live in a world in which the church is actually being shaken. And I thought about that word, and as I was sitting and praying earlier on this morning, I thought we should actually add another letter to that. And it should still be a VUCA world, but with an H at the end. We now live in a very hostile world. If you say that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, you live in a hostile world. You can say anything else, and the people will be quite happy with that. But if you say Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life, then you are going to come under persecution. And so that is uh, the world in which we we live in. Let's just read a bit of scripture because I think as uh, John so beautifully read that scripture in Revelation and and what's happening in heaven and and our worship and our prayers going up to heaven. And making a difference, and, and, and we see in heaven, we see the angels, we sing, and what are they singing? They're singing, holy, holy, holy. Only you are worthy, you are worthy of it all. We, why are we here today? It's because the King, because King Jesus rules and reigns, because He's in heavenly places. And yes, we are today seated here in this place. 
but we're also seated in Him in heavenly places. So who's looking for position in this world? Who's looking for promotion in this world? If you're looking for promotion, there's no greater promotion, there's no greater position than you have in Jesus. In Jesus, where are you? We are seated in heavenly places. Let us know that. And so the signs of the end of the age. And he sat on the uh, verse, I'm reading from verse 3. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the signs of your coming of the end of the age? They were concerned about the end of the age. They wanted this, the... The, the age to come to an end because they understood that when the age came to, came to the end, when Jesus wrapped it all up, when, when the kingdom of God came in its in entirety, in its fullness, uh, there would be Revelations 21. No sickness. There would be, pros- there would be prosperity. There would be peace. There would be, there'd be the presence of Jesus everywhere. There would be, it, would be, it would be the most amazing time. And so they wanted that. They were tired of being ruled by the Romans. They were tired of the, of the dictatorship. They were tired of, are, are you tired of dictatorships? Of, of when we look at the world, whether it's Brexit or, or our own nation, or just seeing this, the seemingly meltdown and there's no, there's no hope in, in the world. So they were, they were concerned about that. So when's the coming end? When's this going to happen? And you and I need to look at that today because I want to challenge us. Are you ready? Are you ready for the coming of Jesus? If Jesus came tonight, would that be okay with you? Would that be good? Would you be ready? And so this is how Jesus answered it. See that no one leads you astray for many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdoms, and there will be famines and earthquakes earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pains. So we, we see that that's been happening in our nation. That's been happening in, sorry, in our world. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all the nations for my name's sake. I don't like the scripture. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's a little bit scary. Sometimes I don't want to be uh, put to death. I don't want to uh, be hated by everybody. But this is kind of seems what Jesus is saying. And then many will fall away and betray one another. And hate one another. And many false prophets will arise. And lead many astray. And because of their lawlessness. And because lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world. As a testimony to all the nations. The gospel will be preached to all the nations. And I think as we see the advancement of technology and we see uh, just about the whole world now has cell phones and we, we have the gospel being presented 
uh, time and time again, we have people going to all of the tribes and, and, and we're starting to get to that stage where the gospel has been preached to all the nations. This is a, besides what's happening in Israel and Iran and all those kind of things. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Let's go to verse 29, the coming of the Son of Man. Immediately, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will, will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of man and then all the tribes of the, of the earth, all the families of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to another. So we see this, the, the coming of the, coming of the Lord and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting and, and terrifying at the same time. If you do not know Jesus, if you're not born again, if you don't walk with him, then it's going to, there's going to be mourning like you've never seen. Verse 36, let's go to verse 36. But concerning the day and hour, no one knows. So we don't know. We don't know when Jesus is going to come. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days, the flood, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, and marrying and giving in marriage, until when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. Doesn't need much commentary that. Jesus is going to come when we least expect it. As I have had the privilege of having a daughter getting married. Just thinking of that, that, that scripture always comes to mind when I go and do a wedding. As in the days of Noah, suddenly the, 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 the thief in the night will come. As the thief in the night, he'll come. Verse 40. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two men will be, in, will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, Therefore, because the Lord is coming, therefore, stay awake. I think uh, one, of the script, one of the songs we, we, we sang today had something about being awake. Awake my soul. Awake my soul. Is your soul awake? Are you looking with excitement to the coming of the Lord? Are you expecting Him to come? But know this, that if the master of the house had known what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have left his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The Son of Man is coming for you at an hour that you do not expect. Am I terrifying you today? We shouldn't be. We should be actually quite excited. We should be excited. I know Jonathan probably overemphasizes this thing about going and going to be with the Lord. 
uh, he, would, he would like to die. I'm not sure how Jane feels about that every time he says that. But there is a sense of great excitement that the Lord is, the Lord is coming. And we need to be awake and we need to, to be walking with him. Are you awake? Awake my soul. Speak to your soul. Speak to your life. Awake my soul. Are you ready? Are you ready? So this is the journey. The journey you and I are on is a walk with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He, we are, he is in us. The river of God is in you and it flows beautifully. It flows beautifully wherever you go. Sometimes you go down the valley. Sometimes you take people to uh, R.K. Khan Hospital. The river of God flows in each of us. And we need to be excited by that because the world out there needs to know that God is coming and there is a lost world which needs to be saved. And so we have to get away from ourselves and it's not about us. It's not about me and my comforts and, and what I want. It's about the King of Kings and, and saving the lost and reaching, the, reaching those around us with the gospel. It's us, about you and me being Jesus in the world. Yes, you have to go to work. And so what does Jesus say? He says, occupy until I come back. So he doesn't say we all have to go and uh, spend all our time in church. But he says occupy, which means to trade and do business and, and do life and raise children. And, 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 but in it, in it, we have a different outlook. We have a different perspective. We have, we have Jesus in us. And so whether you're called to run a, 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 a company or to be a teacher or to be a mom, whatever you're doing, you're doing it with Jesus. And so that is the exciting thing that we do. And then it doesn't matter, we, as, we, as we read the, read the scriptures, it doesn't matter when he comes. But I do look at, 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 the, at the world in which we live in. And I think even uh, people in the world and not believers realize there's something amiss. There's something not quite there. And I see that God is going to come back. But we are called to be Jesus. And so what happens when you are Jesus in this generation? I want to be a strong, I want to be a strong believer. I want to be a mature believer. I think one of the words that's come up in this last week is maturity. That all of us here, most of us, have been in the Lord for 20 years plus. Most of us should be teachers. Most of, you know, I know we have different giftings and, 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 and that, but, but we should all be not just on, the, on, on, on milk, but we should be on solid food, on good stuff, on understanding who God is, understanding the attributes of God and, and, and realizing that that is the key to your life and my life is knowing God and being obedient to that. In the Great Commission, it, it, it says that we are to make disciples of all men. What are we to, to do? We are to, I think, who is this? Was it Jockey or Joe? Somebody. Somebody the other day. 
Maybe yesterday. What did he, what did he say? We are to teach people to obey. It's not just about knowledge. It's not head knowledge about Jesus. It's not because it has to be, we have to obey. So maybe we should go a little bit slower and just get a hold of God, understand Him, and let the scriptures speak to us. Because I want to be strong and I want you to be strong. I want to prepare us for the world in which we live in, this VUCA world, this V U C A H world in which we live in. Because we've got to be strong. One of the first scriptures of my sabbatical was James chapter 1 verses uh, 1 to 4. And he's talking to the, those in the tribes of dispersion. Greetings. Test your faith. This is what it is. This beautiful scripture. This wonderful scripture. Count it all joy, my brothers. Isn't that a good start? Count it all joy. That's what we should have. I'm a man filled with joy, filled with joy. Count it all joy. Yes, that's good. Because the kingdom of God, what is the kingdom of of God is about? It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's in the Holy Spirit. It's not in your circumstances. It's not in the trial that you're going through. It's not in the thing that's not happening for you. You are called to be... Consider it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. Trials of various kinds. It doesn't matter what trial you, you have. And, and all of us are facing trials. Because for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let the steadfastness have its full effect. That you may be perfect and complete and lacking, and lacking, lacking in nothing. So what's the outcome of your trial and your tribulation and your stuff that you're going through? Let's have a look at it. It's, uh, the outcome is that you and I are perfect. Complete. Lacking in nothing. Who wants to be that? Who wants to be a mature believer? Complete. Lacking in nothing. Perfect. Who wants that? Okay, we all want that. But, 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 but I don't like the first part. Because it says there, there's going to be some trials and tribulations. And there's going to be some tough trials. And in those tough trials, what is my reaction? And I'm going to become a, a, a jellyfish? Where am I going to look to God? Look to Christ? Look to the cross? Look to the resurrection? Am I going to look to who God is? Am I going to have faith in God? Because I need to have faith in God, faith in the finished work on the cross. I need that. You need that. So whatever trial you're facing today, and then you might say, well, I don't have enough faith for that. I don't have a, I'm a bit wobbly on that. I don't think I have enough faith for the finances that need to be redeemed or the sickness that's been declared over me or, the, or, or whatever your meltdown you find yourself in. If you don't, you don't have enough faith for that. You don't need faith for that. You need faith in a God. You need faith in a big God who loves you and is going to take you through all of it. Know that today, beloved. Know that. I'm talking to myself. Amen. I'm talking to myself. I'm not alone in this. But I do know that as, I, as, as we turn... 
As, as, as we turn to the king, then we will be, we'll be secure. So then, if you and I want to be strong and mature, we need to be tested. Because when we're tested, there's some steadfastness which results in maturity, which results in us lacking in nothing, which results in you and I being like Jesus, being conformed into the image of Jesus. That's what I want to be. I want to be conformed into the image of Jesus. And sometimes I should have actually maybe done it today. I should have asked Andrew to bake a cake for us while we were uh, preaching. Maybe next week. That would be a good idea. Well, I like cake. I love food. But, you know, when you set out all the ingredients, and I have no idea what goes into cake, but it's flour and bicarb and salt and, and uh, eggs, raw eggs, and, and, you, and they're all there on the table. And uh, I don't know whether anybody's tasted bicarb. Just, you just take a teaspoon of bicarb and eat it or take a raw egg. Obviously, those, those muscle builders do the raw egg thing, but... Uh, a spoon of flour just by itself. It doesn't taste so good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but when you put them all together, when you put them all together and you do it in a certain sequence, out comes this beautiful cake. And so sometimes when you look at your life, and you, you might think, Oh, I don't like that trial or this thing. And, and you look at all those things. But if you realize that God is weaving and he's coming and he's bringing everything together and he's going to make everything work to good for those that love him and called by his name. And you and I are called by his name. So we need to know that uh, he's it. He's in it. And so that's why even in the circumstances seem stuff, we can consider it all joy. We can have joy in the crisis because we need him. And it's a supernatural thing. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's in the Holy Spirit. Let me skip a whole lot. But this maturity is something which God has got us on a journey for. Colossians 1, 22 to 23. This is what God has done for you. As you look at the question, am I ready? You are ready because of what Jesus has done. Yet as he re- reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Isn't that an amazing scripture? He's reconciled you and I through his death, through his physical death. And he's brought us into his presence. We always have the presence of God. You and I always have the presence of God wherever we go. And that we are holy and blameless as you stand before him without fault. Do you believe that? Do you believe that scripture is true of you? It is true. 
This is what the scripture says. If you are following Jesus, if you are walking with Him and every day, walking in Him and with Him and repenting and sometimes we mess it up and then you repent and if you're in Him, then we're without, without fault. And so what does he say in verse 23? I think it's verse 23. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Continue to believe in this truth. What God says about you, blameless and holy and holy. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servants to proclaim it. You and I have heard the good news. We have accepted Jesus. And we are to proclaim it in the world, whether that's in Australia or England or Kwan Yuswa or in your home. We are to live and be Jesus and be ready for his coming. Because he is coming for a bride without spot or wrinkle. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we, we belong to you. We belong to Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you are coming. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us to occupy until you come. And I ask Holy Spirit now, for each person in this community, as we see the future unfold, whatever it looks like, that we would keep our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. That he who began a good work in us, will bring it to completion. We thank you, Jesus. Amen.